the 11th and 12th pick, they ended up making a trade to acquire, or no, this, the Clippers originally had the 12th and 13th pick. They ended up trading the 12th pick so they could get the 11th pick. I, I don't know. This is so goddamn confusing. But we'll just talk about the two picks that they made. Obviously, the pick, the Clippers got um, this pick. This extra pick in the Blake Griffin trade, which is looking like a great trade for the Clippers, because Blake Griffin is making $30 million for the next four years. Blake Griffin, he had a solid year, but it's getting to the point where um, he's just not translating the wins anymore. He's putting up good stats, but it's not really helping your team. not not looking good for the Pistons on that front. In fact, I don't even know if they had a draft pick tonight. Maybe they did in the second round. Excuse me. So, let's talk about these two picks. The first one is your boy, Greeny. Shy Gilgis Alexander, SGA. One of the best point guards in the draft. No doubt about it. You probably got to put him number three, as much as I think that he may end up being a better pro than Trey Young, and maybe even better than Colin Sexton. But very excited about this guy. As a Kentucky fan, obviously, I'm following the recruiting year in and year out. So I see a lot of these prospects before they hit the NBA draft. And obviously, I see them a lot over the course of their freshman years in college. And this is another guy that had tremendous growth throughout the course of his freshman year. We had one of the best recruiting classes in the history of John Calipari in Kentucky last year. We had seven top 50 recruits last year, and five of them were McDonald's High School All-Americans. Shea Gilgis-Alexander was one of the guys that was not a McDonald's All-American, and he was number seven out of those seven recruits, and he ended up being an all-SEC freshman type of player and really became a team leader towards the end of the season. He wasn't even supposed to be a starter. You didn't know if this guy was going to play too many minutes early in the year, but he really came on in SEC season, um, February and March. He was the MVP of the SEC tournament. He led us to another SEC tournament title. And at the end of games in February and March, you just wanted the ball in this guy's hands because you knew he was going to make the right decision. He was not too much of a scorer early in the season, uh, but that came along. He's going to be an elite NBA defender someday, and he will be able to defend ones, twos, and threes in his rookie season. So that's what will get him on the floor next year. I've heard that uh, the definition of an elite shooter, a top-level shooter in the NBA, is somebody that shoots 50% from the field, 40% from the three-point line, and 80% from the foul line. He was like 50%... 41% from three last year and like 82% from the th- or from the free throw line. So it wasn't with a ton of three-point attempts, but he showed that he could make the outside shot. And there is big-time potential for this guy to be a star in the NBA someday. As much as I liked De'Aaron Fox last year in the 2017 draft, I could see this guy being as good or better than De'Aaron Fox wow. in the future. So I think he's a real solid pick at number 11 for Charlotte who eventually traded him to Los Angeles. Yep, so I'm wondering if he's going to start right out of the gate. I mean, I think he should. 
I don't know what direction the Clippers are really going in. They um, they were kind of middle of the road this past year. They started the year off with the intention of trying to make the playoffs, and then they traded Blake Griffin, but still said they were trying to make the playoffs, but it kind of seemed like they were trying to lose. They didn't really seem to have too much of a plan, or maybe they did, but they were just kind of winging it this year. But these these two lottery picks look solid. Um, I think he should start right away. Sounds like a crowded backcourt, though, right? They have Patrick Beverly. They have Austin Rivers. Avery Bradley's a free agent. I don't think he'll be coming back. Um, at the three, they have... Well, they have Tobias Harris, but he usually plays the four. Uh, they, let's look up their roster. They, they have one of the more interesting rosters in the league. There's not really an all-star on it. Lou Williams? Lou Williams. I mean, the thing with Lou is he could easily start for any team in the NBA, but he prefers coming off the bench, you know, so he can get that six-man-of-the-year award. <laughs> Lou is incredible. He's dating two girls at once. <laughs> oh, my God, they have Gallinari. Completely forgot about that. So Gallinari, he'll be good for uh, 21 games this year. Um, so I wouldn't expect him to start too much. He plays a three, though, doesn't he? Yeah, he plays a three, can play the four. I mean, if this if this starting lineup was healthy, let's say it's shy. Uh, we'll, say, we'll say Austin Rivers at the two, and then... Um, Let's say uh, we'll say Harris at the four, uh, Gallinari at the three, then DeAndre Jordan if he resigns at the five. If that's that lineup's healthy, that's a solid starting five. Beverly but, off the bench. Be, yep, Beverly off the, the bench. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty solid. I I don't think they're gonna really go too far in the playoffs, but they'll probably make the playoffs. They have some decent youngsters on the team uh Montres Harrell I think is uh an emerging player I think he could uh he could easily um be averaging a lot more minutes than he's been getting he's been only averaging like 18 17 minutes it's looking like he could probably average 30 and still be as efficient he's due for a contract this year I bet they resign him they have uh, Cinderius Thornwell, who they picked up last year. Started a bunch of games for them. Not a bad player. Um, and then they have this guy, Tyrone Wallace. Do you know this guy? Never heard of him. Where's he from? It's the 60th pick of the draft last year what? from California. The last pick. That's he, right. Last pick of the draft. Played with your guy, Bird, I guess. Oh, okay. Sorry, Bird. So he, did he play with Jalen Brown as well, how many years was he there? Was he was he a four-year guy. Yeah, twenty twelve to twenty sixteen. So yes. Wow. Okay. Tyrone Wallace, I believe, was actually the guard that was hurt a couple years ago when I had said to you that I believe that um, Jalen Brown had a little bit of point guard experience and a little bit of ball handling experience because Tyrone Wallace was their point guard and was out a lot of the season. Oh, now that you mention it, wow. Now I, I believe I recall. This guy, yes. Oh my god, it's all coming together now. Not off the top of my head, but yeah, Bird's a shooting guard, right? Bird is a shooting so guard, Wallace yes. So was the one, Bird was the two, and Brown was the three. Wow. Yep. Okay. It's an NBA backcourt there. 
That's incredible. But anyways, uh, Tyrone Wallace was he was picked by the Jazz last year in the draft. It looks like he got waived and then started the season on the G League Clippers team. Clippers give him a two-way contract, and then out of the gate, he just starts getting playing time due to all the injuries. And it turns out he's a pretty decent player. He averaged almost 10 points a game in 30 games, which is pretty good. He averaged almost 30 minutes a game. But the thing is, with these two-way contracts, these players can only get a certain amount of playing time for them to be on these two-way contracts. So if they go over um, a certain amount of minutes... They can no longer be under contract. Uh, they can no longer be on the two-way contract. So I think they have to decide at the end of the season. I think they have his uh, bird rights, so he's a restricted free agent. So another team could offer Tyrone Wallace something, but the Clippers would have the right to match it. But I, if I were them, I would keep Tyrone Wallace around. So, um, the other pick that the Clippers made was a Boston College recruit. That is Jerome Robinson. He played for uh, Boston College for three years. First team all ACC. I'm not saying this off the top of my head. I'm looking at his (laughs) Wikipedia page. But, Greeny, tell us a little more about Jerome Robinson. I heard, wasn't it kind of surprising for him to get picked this high? Yes, it was. We got another late riser, and this is at the pick that uh, Donovan Mitchell was picked at last year, who was also a late riser in last year's draft. But what I see is now you got a really crowded backcourt, mm-hmm. looking at that depth that they've got in L.A., and it makes you wonder if maybe they're going to make a move, try to package some people Maybe, maybe not, but you're not going to be able to keep seven guards or eight guards, I don't think, and, and give playing time, any significant amount of playing time to five or six of them. So if you keep all these guys, you're going to have three or four of them not playing much at all. But as far as Jerome Robinson himself, this guy almost went back to Boston College next season. They had a really nice backcourt up there. Were competitive for the first time in quite a few years. And I know their coach was really hoping this guy was going to come back, but clearly he made the right decision to stay in the draft if he's being picked at number 13. Yeah, that's still in the lottery. That's incredible. We'll see how it pans out between him and SGA. But both of them can play on the ball, and both can play off the ball. So if this is the backcourt of the future, it could be really exciting because Jerome Robinson is going to be more of the offensive guy. And SGA is going to be more of a defensive lockdown type of guy eventually. As I had said to you, I think he has all NBA defensive potential someday. And Robinson is going to be a big-time scorer. So hopefully they got a yin and a yang there for their sake moving forward. Yeah, maybe this will just kickstart the rebuild that they've been due for in the past year or so. So, uh, Miles Bridges was picked number 12, but the pick ended up going to Charlotte. So basically, Charlotte has Miles Bridges. What do you think of this guy, Greeny? This is also one of my favorite guys in this draft. I mentioned Aiton, obviously. Bamba, like Sexton a lot. Love Shea Gilgis-Alexander. And this guy is also going to be a terrific pro. 
Nothing against Mikel Bridges, but I think this is the better of the two Bridges. And I think he would have been drafted right around this spot had he left after his freshman year last year. This is a physical specimen that is physically ready for the NBA. As opposed to some of these guys who leave after one or two seasons and are not ready for the pounding of the NBA. This guy's played the three and the four in college and is 6'6. He's going to be a three in the NBA. Maybe play a little bit of two. He's certainly not going to play the four, but he's going to rebound his position very well on the wing. He's going to be physical. He's one of the best dunkers you'll ever see. Yeah. So he's super athletic. And nobody's going to push this guy around. He's developing a three-point shot. So I think this is a home run at number 12. I think in a lot of drafts he goes top 10. May have even went top 10 last year had he left after his freshman year. But he wanted to come back and win a title. They had a really good season. It didn't happen for him. Played with Jaron Jackson, the number four pick last year. I wouldn't be surprised if Miles Bridges was a better pro than Jaron Jackson was down the road. Wow. Um, this was a college basketball star. Yeah, I saw some mock drafts where he went in the top 10. So good for Charlotte for getting him at number 12. I'm looking at their roster here. I'm wondering if Bridges is going to start. The thing is, we can't really judge this roster now because um, they just traded Dwight Howard for Timothy Moskov. Uh, Jack. Mr. Cubcheck is a GM now. Um, so, with that Dwight Howard trade, that might signal a rebuild. So, there may be more moves coming. So, I wouldn't really want to uh, talk too much about Charlotte and what they're going to do. Because this roster could be so much different in the next month. So, let's go back to... I think this is the last pick of uh, the lottery. Yeah, number 14. The Denver Nuggets were up. And they said, you know what? Screw it. We're going to pick Michael Porter Jr. He's injured. He's got back issues. He's got... He had the same back surgery that Tiger Woods and Steve Kerr got at age 19. This How old is this kid? Yeah, 19 years old. Uh, really concerning. Back injuries are no joke. But this kid, what? Why was there so much hype around this kid? Was was he projected to be like a top three pick before this injury or something like that? There was a time where he was viewed as the number one recruit in the twenty seventeen recruiting class. The guys that were freshmen this year in college, leading into his senior year of high school, meaning he was ahead of DeAndre Ayton. He was ahead of Mo Bamba. He was ahead of Jaron Jackson. He was ahead of Kevin Knox, Colin Sexton. All these guys that went before him, he was viewed as a better player in high school compared to those guys. So this was all pre-injury, obviously, and he didn't get too much of a chance to showcase his abilities this year, obviously. So it's a shame for him, and this is viewed by many as maybe one of the biggest steals of this draft. I can't even say so much because I didn't get to see him play in college, but there were times where I'd heard he was compared a little bit to Kevin Durant being 6'9", 6'10", out on the wing. So that's on the high side of things. Yeah. I just hope the guy isn't a bust at this point at number 14 because that would be a shame for everybody involved, including him. But 
the upside is there. So this this is probably a no lose situation for the Denver Nuggets at this point in the draft. Yeah, I mean you might as well. The Nuggets could have easily made the playoffs this year. They were they were literally one game away from making the playoffs. It was a single elimination game. So they have guys. They they don't really need more young projects coming in. They they might as well just pick the guy with the highest upside. So that's what they ended up doing. He could uh, he could sit out the whole year if he really needed to, if we're being honest. Let me pull up uh, Denver's roster here. So I just saw today that uh, Wilson Chandler picked up his option. So Chandler will be coming back. Um, Nikola Jokic. Jokic. He is... Uh, well, he could potentially be a restricted free agent, or the Nuggets could pick up his his last year of his rookie contract, which is like a million bucks, which is super cheap. But if they do that, then Jokic is an unrestricted free agent next year, and you know, Jokic could just sign with another team. Um, the Nuggets wouldn't have any team control over him. So I think what the Nuggets will do is they will decline that final year to put Jokic in restricted free agency so they can sign him to a long-term deal because you don't want to lose a talent like that. They have a lot of guys on this roster. Will Barton, I think, is an unrestricted free agent as well. He started many games. They have um, Gary Harris starting alongside with 